Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's enjoy his presence for a moment. Praise God. We know one clapping is one form, but let's go a little deeper today. Let's go a little higher. Let's lift up our hands. Open up your heart, which allows you to open up your mouth. Come on, let's enjoy his presence for a moment this morning. Father, it's nothing sweeter than your presence. It's there that we get to rest in your glory, Father. So, Father, it's in that presence, Father, that healings can take place. Miracles can take place. Restoration can take place. Redemption can take place. And so, Father, we just take a few extra moments today to just enjoy you and enjoy your presence. Thank you for being Abba, Father. Thank you for being good and being good all the time. God, there's never been a time in my life, our lives, that you have not been good. Even in bad times, when we acknowledge that you were good, you brought good out of those bad times. So, Father, we glorify you and we, we thank you for your presence today. I believe you can receive anything you need in the presence of God right now. So if you need anything from, from him, why don't you just receive it? Why don't you just say, Father, I receive my healing today. Father, I receive provision today. Whatever it is that you need, just reach up and receive it. Because it's the Father's goodwill, his pleasure to give you the kingdom as his children. And so, Father, as we're enjoying your presence today, I know healings are taking place, miracles are taking place. You'll confirm, Father, your word with signs and wonders following We'll certainly give you all the glory for all the good that will manifest following us just enjoying your presence. And so, Father, as we celebrate the first quarter of 2017 and just all the goodness that you've brought to us, let us always be mindful to never take your glory, but to reflect that glory right back towards you. Because it's only because of your grace and your goodness that we are who we are today. And so bless our service. Be glorified in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you just love on? Find someone today. Be kind. Be life-giving today. Just tell them that it's good to see them. Say something good about them. Then you can be seated. presence of God. Well, today I want to welcome our Periscope audience today. You picked a, a good Sunday to join in because we've got some updates that we want to give to our uh, physical congregation that is, is right here in the building. We know people are away for spring break and different things like that. They'll be tuning in as well. So we're glad to have you. But man, it's, God has been good to us. God, I want to say it again, God has been good to us, and he's been good to you too, whether you realize it or not, but God's been good to us, and so we started this year out, and, and we presented strategy to Linked Up Church as we begin to transform into the, the church that God has called us to be. 
we're moving away from tradition and the rudiments of man and just doing things ways because that's the way it's always been done. And we're, we're now discovering and figuring out who we are and why God called this church. And God has given us some unique DNA. And, and so I want to take us backwards today to take us forward. And we kind of put it in story form for you today. We also want to update you the progress that we've made since we delivered that strategy at the top of the year And then I know everyone wants to see at least the first perspective of what our new home will look like. Anybody excited about that? So I want you to sit back, relax, and just enjoy the first portion of this story. I can't take credit for that. No man can take credit for that. Pastor Preston said, he said, boy, you sure you're going to be able to fill up that building on opening day, sir? I don't know, that's a legitimate question right there. This little boy coming in here talking about, we're big, we're getting ready to do big things, God's blessing us, and I'm sitting there all by myself. We started October 13, 2013 at the Lassiter High School. We had no idea as to what to anticipate. We were initially preparing or looking for a facility to seat maybe about two or 300, but we were encouraged by our peers to look for something a little bit bigger. So during that time, Lassiter High School had a brand new performing arts facility which sat about 800 people. And so we decided, okay, we'll host it there. Let's see what happens. Lo and behold, not only did we fill out the place, but we were over capacity. I mean, it was just an amazing experience to see all the people that came out. It uh, ended up being having to have the community come out to direct traffic because we overloaded their parking area. And uh, an outstanding message to, that was ministered by my husband about moving forward and, uh, and, and just going forward in the things of God and being certain about our direction and where we're going. From there, we were encouraged to move forward because it was very successful. We had another exploratory meeting in November, again at Lasseter High School, and that was very successful. And just God just continued to just show us strongly how much He was backing us because so many supernatural things were happening during that time. I can't, I'm at a loss for words and even trying to explain it, but it was definitely God's stamp of approval saying, Go ahead and do what I've called you to do. Wow, we concluded our first two exploratory meetings in October and November. We didn't have a site for our third exploratory meeting and it was interesting, we received a call and uh, we were told to get the Cobb Energy uh, facility and don't worry about the cost and if you can bring an artist, uh, bring an artist as well. So that was exhilarating. I can remember responding, are you sure? Do you know how much that costs? And the person said, I didn't ask you how much it cost, I just said secure a facility and get an artist. So we did, we uh, booked the Carb Energy uh, facility, which would be our last exploratory uh, meeting for the year. And of course the people came out, it was a wonderful time. Uh, Darlene McCoy was our guest uh, music on that day and she did an awesome job. And I can recall uh, just really at the end of that message, walking off the stage and just looking up in the air, sharing my heart with God that I had done 
All I could do and, and the rest was on you and, and we're trusting you. So I completely told the people by faith uh, that we would have our first building. And at that time we had no contract, no building, no anything. We've got about three weeks to turn all of this around. And uh, one of our congregants was up praying uh, Sunday night and uh, decided to wake up Monday morning and call two facilities and then inboxed me on Facebook. Sure enough, one of them worked out and and uh, we give God all the glory. God gave us favor. Uh, Pastor Calvin Preston, a, a dear friend of mine today, and just thank God for him and his willingness and the, the board there and the, the deacons to allow us to do it. And we opened up our first service on January the 5th, uh, 2014 at the West End Seventh-day Adventist Church. The vision is derived right from that Colossians chapter 3. We believe in connecting people to God, uh, connecting people to family, which again, that includes their immediate family, but as well as our small groups. We believe anything that hel is healthy, it grows. And we think one of the best places for people to grow is within the context of small groups. We also believe that purpose is important to people. Finding out and living out their purpose is so important to them fulfilling uh, what it is that God placed them on the earth to do. And then finally, community is huge to us. You know, just really impacting our dream team and, and them getting involved and helping us build uh, within the church the four walls, but then taking the church outside the four walls and impacting the community that God has planted us in. We want to be the center of the entire community uh, where God has planted us. And so that, uh, in general, is the call and the vision of uh, Linked Up Church. Praise God. Let's thank God for that portion of the journey. And so you might recall at the top of this year, we're moving away from what's called traditional New Year's Eve services. Uh, you'll find, you won't find that anywhere in the Bible where God gives a word for the year. And, and he gives 50 different preachers a different word for the year. And it's one God. How I many know God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore? So he does not change. And what we learned was that God left the early church strategy. And so what we want to do is echo the strategy that the Lord left the early church because he has not changed. And so let's just do a brief synopsis, and then we're going to give you an update. I'm going to put some four-by-four four slides up and show you what we've accomplished in the first quarter of 2017. But let me just give you a synopsis. Uh, Jesus gave the early church something called strategy. We talked about B.H. Carroll, who was a famous Bible scholar. If you study Scripture, you come across B.H. Carroll. Uh, and in his commentary, he estimates that there were probably 100,000 members in the Jerusalem church. After 25 years, uh, Peter Wagner and many have agreed, G. Campbell Morgan estimates that there was a minimum of 60,000 people in this church. In any Bible dictionary, it'll tell you that in New Testament times, the city of Jerusalem was, was roughly about 200,000 people. So what we have here is a church of 100,000 members in a city of 200,000 people. And so it was no wonder they said in Acts chapter 5, verse 28, that they had filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. And so I believe that is the will of God for any church is that God plants that church in a city and then you fill that city with the word of God. 
until every person in the city has had an opportunity to at least hear about Christ. And then you spread to the neighboring cities, uh, which was the strategy that the Lord left. And so we really said, if you look at the book of Acts, you'll find at least eight characteristics. And we now want these characteristics to be a part of our DNA here at Linked Up Church. So you'll find at least eight characteristics of the early church that positioned them for that kind of blessing. I want you to think about an entire city of 200,000 people and 100,000 of them have come to the Lord. Do you all think we can do something like that? Are you all up for doing something like that? Because that is our mission, folks. We don't just want to come to buildings and have great services. We want to impact people. So we believe that we can expect God's blessing on linked up church as much as those ancient church leaders saw the blessing come on the church uh, in Jerusalem. And so I don't want to minister all eight of these again. I just want to give you a synopsis so you all can kind of recall the things that we said. Anytime that you're casting vision, you're taking a church in a direction, you can't hear one message enough to actually get it down and ingrained into the hearts and lives of the people. And so first thing we noticed about that early church was that they ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you'll turn very quickly to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Folks, the the power of the Holy Spirit, as we could sense during praise and worship, could you sense the presence of God while they were singing today? And so we don't ever want to lose sight that we need God and we need his power. We don't want to try to do this in our own power. We want to do it in his power. So in Acts chapter 28, verse 18, he says, Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Talking about all power, all authority has been given to me in heaven and and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all ethnos. And so, I mean, we can't just focus on one color of people. I need to say that again. You can't just focus. God loves every, all people. Come on. God loves all people. And the church should look like all people. So, you'll see us doing a lot of different things around here going forward now. Because this has to be reflected in your leadership in order for it to be in your congregation. And so he says, making disciples of all ethnos, which is the Greek word there for nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And he says, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of this age. So if you notice, Jesus promised to be with the church As long as they would make disciples, that they would baptize, they would try to reach out to all walks of life, Jesus said, I will be with you until the end, and I'll keep my power, and I'll make my power available to you to do that. We see the story picks up. We won't turn there. In Luke 24, 49, he told those same disciples to tarry in Jerusalem, which means to wait. Wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high, right? We'll notice in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8, he told them, don't go anywhere until you receive this power, right? And so it's important. How I many know we don't want to go out here? We'll get beat up out there in the world if we don't go with his power. Right? And so we can't go out here on our own. In Acts 1.8, he laid out that strategy. He said that, that that power would come upon them to be a witness. 
See, a lot of times we think it's for a lot of other things, but the first reason he gives you that power is to share his glory with other people. Right? And, and to be a witness, right? Unto me, right? So he's going to put that power on you so that you can live right before him, which will help you live right before other people, right? Because we don't want to share Jesus and, and we don't live Jesus. Right? So he says, this power will come on you to be a witness unto me, both in Judea and Samaria and unto the other, Jerusalem first, Judea, Samaria, and then unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So you'll find strategy is always you start at home first. There's no sense in calling us an international ministry and we haven't even won the city we're in. Right? So we've got to start at home first. Then you start with the neighboring city. So God has planted us in Powder Springs. Then we've got to get Austell, Mableton, Marietta. Come on, somebody. Until we filled Cobb County with the doctrine of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've got news, folks. The Atlanta Braves are coming to Cobb County in 2017, but linked up churches coming to Cobb County as well. And then we're going to spread out throughout all the neighboring cities, and we'll see how far God takes us. But we're not focusing on where we're going until we take care of where we're at, and it'll require his power to do that. Number two, we've got to maintain unity through fellowship. Go to Acts chapter 2 very quickly. Acts chapter 2. The rest of these I'm going to go through very quickly, and then we're going to give you some updates. Acts chapter 2. We must maintain unity through fellowship. This is a no-strife zone. If you want to talk about people, this is not the right place for you. We're not in the strife, envy, division. We don't put our mouths on each other. Come on, somebody. We love each other. We're long-suffering, and we're patient with each other, just like God has been patient with us. In Acts chapter 2, notice here in verse 42, notice what it says. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we've got to maintain unity through fellowship. We can't be unified if we never spend time together. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 says, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. King James Version says they devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted. Another word for devoted is committed. So how many know we've got to be committed to being together, not just on Sunday? And we don't see each other again until next Sunday. How many know that's not unity? And we've got to pull all of this together. Then fear came upon every church and every soul in verse 43. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and they had all things common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided to them. Uh, among everyone who had need. Look at verse 47, what happened as a result. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to that church what? Daily. So you don't have church every day, do you? So then the only way for the Lord to add to the church daily is that the people are still out impacting people daily. Right? And so we've been thinking for a long time, let's get people to a building. What we're saying is, let's go to where the people are at. So we're not building big buildings. We want to build big people who go out and impact other people. And we've got to maintain unity to do that. Number three, we've got to multiply small groups. As you'll see with the report today, the update today, we're doing just that, and we'll do more of that, okay? Multiplying small groups. Same chapter, look at verse 46 and 47. So continuing daily in one accord, breaking bread, 
from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And once again, we see that the church was added to daily because people were getting, getting together. God was multiplying small groups because it was in their heart to devote themselves to that cause. There are really four advantages that we talked about of meeting in small groups. It's infinitely expandable. So in other words, we're right now, there are people meeting in Afghanistan. They, they inbox us all the time. They watch on Periscope and they have small group meetings. Uh, And this is happening all over the place. So it's infinitely expandable. You can have 1,000 people in your building, but you can actually reach 10,000. It's infinitely expandable. It's unlimited geographically, as I said. The people are meeting all over the place. They're watching from from several different countries. All kind of good things are happening. It's good stewardship. See, again, it it doesn't now, most people, when churches grow, you think you got to buy bigger buildings. No, we just need more people that open up their house, be willing to meet at Starbucks. Hello, somebody. So it's good stewardship of God's resources. And then number four, it promotes relationships, okay? This is so important. So here our culture is, a lot of times you think of small groups, you think work. That's not the culture here. When you think of small groups here, we want you to think relationships, Right. So we're saying you already do life. We're just asking you, however you do that life, do it connected. So, for instance, I'm going to the gym four to five days a week. I'm, I'm already doing that. So why don't I do it with people as I do? And so I can go to the gym and be gym connected. Most people who love bike riding don't want to ride the bike by themselves. So why not bike connected? And all we've got to do is prior to going on our bike ride is spend some time praying together, access the needs. Come on, somebody. Speak life into each other and go on our 10-mile bike ride. We're going to go to the mountain every summer. We love that. So why not go to the mountain and climb connected? That's the culture of our small groups. It's around things that you're already interested in. So we're not asking you to do more. We're just asking you to keep doing the same thing you're doing. Just change the focus of it. Number four, we must enlarge our vision of God. Go over to Acts chapter four very quickly. In Acts chapter four, we must enlarge our vision of God. You know, you can either be problem possessed or you can be solution driven. You can either focus on how big your problem is or you can focus on how big your God is. And so the early church, Peter and John, was arrested. They were addressed before the Sanhedrin council, but when they were released, they were told that they could never, ever speak again in the name of Jesus. Verse 31 is where I want to pick up. Uh, they went, or verse 23, they went back to their own company. How I many know when you get in trouble, you need to go and get around people who think like you think? You don't want to get around the wrong people and they make the situation worse, right? You want to get around people who speak life and, and see how big God is. And you, you tell them you lost your job and they'll tell you God's probably got a better job for you. Don't even worry about that. God is on your side. He is good. Come on, you get a bad report from the doctor. I don't want anybody around me talking about, well, did they tell you how long you might have to live? Get away from me with all of that. I want somebody around me saying you'll live and not die because God is your healer, right? So they went back to their own company, and we've got to develop a culture where we stop. We, we listen to me. We, oh. my, my wife will tell you, I 
run from people who all they, they're just negative. All they see is problems. Only thing they can see is what's wrong with everything. She'll tell you, I run from them. I, I realize that there are challenges and problems too, but let's acknowledge it, but let's spend more time focusing on solutions. I've noticed, noticed certain things around people who only talk about problems. All they have is problems. We got to get out of that, folks. We got to see how big God is. Now, this might shock you. Even though we already own the building, I was over there Monday and Tuesday of last week speaking to 55 acres of land around that building. I know I parked the car and just pulled over and said, I received that 22 acres right there. I received it by faith. I received that other 30 over there. This all in addition to the 33 that's next to the building that we own. See, I'm not seeing how much it costs. I'm seeing how big God is. Oh, I wish I had a little bit more faith in this room. So you're going to look at that one of two ways. You're going to look at what it costs or you're going to look at how big God is. What I'm saying, let's choose to make God bigger than our problems. And that's what this early church did. Now, they've been thrown in jail. They've been beaten. They've been told not to speak anymore in that name. They've gone through all that. And then being let go in verse 32, they went to their own company. They reported all that the chief priests and elders. So you don't deny what's present has said unto them, but watch this. So when they heard that, they raised up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, the Sanhedrin council is bigger than you. No, they said, Lord, you are God. See, who made the heaven and the earth. So in other words, the Sanhedrin council is like a mosquito compared to the fact that you've already created heaven and earth. Right? You've made heaven and earth. Watch what he says here. You are God. You made heaven and earth and the sea and everything that's in it. And then you can go on and read the rest of that. What I'm saying is we've got to develop a culture because God is causing us, calling us to do big things. We can't think small and do big things. How many of y'all are with us in this effort? All right. But listen, it's got to start with you first in your situation. You've got to solve your own problems. Let God solve them before you can help the church solve ours. And so it, it starts with you changing the way you see things. All right. They chose to see the bigness of God and not the problems they were facing. Number five, we must maximize the power of prayer. You'll find 48 times in the book of Acts, it says, they prayed, uh, they prayed. So we'll have the power the early church experienced when we pray like the early church prayed. So corporate prayer has to be a part of our DNA. Well, we have early morning prayer. We have Saturday morning prayer. We pray before service. We've got prayer groups. We're praying through service. Come on, somebody. We just develop a culture of prayer. And I wonder if we can get to the place like they are in Jerusalem, where they pray around that wailing wall 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I think with technology, we can do that. What do I mean by that? We don't need to wake up and leave our homes and go to a physical building. But, boy, we can log in and prayer is covered from 2 to 3 a.m. Person signs in. I got it from 2 to 3 a.m. 
They log out. Somebody else signs in at 3 a.m. I've got it from 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. And we just praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week. With thousands of members, folks, imagine that might just be one or two hours that you committed out of the whole week. See, now, if I would have said, and God would give you a million dollars, you all would have got excited. <laughs> Let me say that again. And so we can literally pray 24 hours a day, seven days a week with the use of technology. They're still not excited about prayer on that side. We could have the opportunity to allow God to use us 24 hours a day seven days a week. Watch, watch this. God will make you rich. Forget all that. I want to be rich spiritually. Because if we're rich spiritually, we're rich in every other area of our lives. Come on, can we just rejoice and give God glory for that? No doubt about it. Number six, we must model generosity to manifest great grace. Got to be a generous church. Can't be stingy. Tight. Got to be givers. Look at the early church here. Go with me to uh, Acts chapter 4. You're right there. Look at verses 32 through 37. We've got to be a generous church. Got to model generosity in order to manifest great grace. Verse 32, and the multitude of those that believed were of one heart and one soul. I like that. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. That's called stewardship. But they had all things in common. So there was equality. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. How do we know that great grace was upon all of them? For there was none of them, neither was there anyone among them that lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet, and distribution to each one who had need. Notice it didn't say that they sold their house. If you have five houses, you can only live in one at a time. See, what it's saying here is when you have excess, excess, you need to be willing to share that. I don't need five cars in my driveway. I can only drive one at a time. But if I got members in my church who don't have transportation, now I need to pray about what I need to do with these other four. Folks, I'm dreaming about a warehouse. And inside of that warehouse is bedroom sets, washing machines and dryers, refrigerators. Come on, somebody. Gently used clothes. I'm dreaming, folks, about being a generous church that the whole city can come to and get help at their time of need. Folks, I'm seeing dilapidated, dilapidated houses that linked up church owns and has bought and fixed up. Come on, somebody. And I can see us at Christmas time bringing a family that just went through a hard time. And we say, move that bus. 
and watch them fall down because Linked Up Church just blessed them with a new house that's paid for. Come on, we've got to be a generous church. I can see that. I can envision that. Cars in this garage. CNN pulls up. We've never heard of it. Usually churches are taken from the people. And now we have a church that's given to the people. Come on, somebody. If you want great grace on your church, you've got to be generous. Because God is a generous God. Can you imagine calling yourself a church and you're not givers? I believe one day we'll be a fully tithe member church, a tithe paying church. We'll move the bar from 10% of the people to 20% of the people. Then from 20% of the people to 30% of the people. And if everyone did their job, we can take care of a whole state. Glory to God. I don't think that was ever supposed to be left to the government. I believe it was the church's responsibility to take care of the needs of its community. Number seven, we must mobilize every member for purpose. Got to mobilize every member for purpose. What are we referring to? The dream team. In Acts chapter six, just write it down, verses one through seven. It describes a problem that arose in the early church between the Greek speaking or speakers and the Aramaic speakers. One felt that the other was receiving special treatment. Needs were going unmet. So they chose out seven men who were full of faith, full of the Holy Ghost. And the Scripture says that they could appoint over this business. And as a result of that, when every member sees themselves as a minister, I'm not talking about with a title, because the word minister just simply means to serve. So when we can get every member seeing themselves as a servant, the Scripture says that as a result of that, the Word of God spread, the number of disciples increased rapidly in Jerusalem when every member became a servant. Big part of our call is to get you out of that seat and doing something for God. Everyone is a 100 at something. Our job is to help you figure out what that is and then get you moving. But notice that church didn't expand rapidly until the members began to see themselves as servants. So at some point, we've got to grow from attending to now allowing God to use me. Can you imagine an environment where you only serve once a month or three hours out of the entire month? Because every member is a minister, we can spread that work around. I've got a dream. That one day, every member of Linked Up Church will be a minister. And not minister in terms of title, but minister in terms of the condition of their heart. I have a dream. Hmm? Say, dream on, Pastor. I like that. Keep, keep the dream alive, right? 
And the last one for the day. We've got to com- continue with God's mission. So if you go to Acts chapter 8, you don't turn there, you read verses 1 through 8. It records a reminder to all of us. Uh, the apostles were given the great commission to go into the entire world and to make disciples. And so they initially started out on fire, sharing the faith, doing exactly that. But like anything else, when you grow and you get big, people rest on their laurels, right? And so as a result, they didn't expand into Samaria and Judea like he told them to. And the Scripture says persecution came on that church. When you read the text, it says, and then they were scattered to Samaria and Judea. And so, folks, well, God is serious about this. So as long as we stick with his mission, how many of the blessing is already built into it? And so the same strategy he left for the early church is the same strategy that we're using today. Let me give you all an update. Four by four. Let's give you the quarterly update. God, family, purpose, community. This is who we are and this is what we do. Next screen. You might recall at the, end, at the top of the year, Linked Up Church will connect 1,600 more people in 2017. That is our goal for 2017. But like anything else, it's not a true goal unless it's measurable, right? And so if you look at the quadrant there, each box represents 400 souls, Right? And that's what gets us to our 1,600 number. And so the goal then in the connected God is to get 400 unique salvations. So those are people who did not know Christ. So we want to bring 400 people to the Lord this year. And we will do that. Connected family. We want to see 400 people either start leading or joining a small group in 2017, by the end of the year. And then step three, or, or connected purpose, is people taking step three, financial peace, job link, entrepreneurial boot camp, etc. We want to see 400 people go through that process this year. And then connected community, 400 people joining our dream team. So we want to infuse our dream team with 400 more people. So let's look at where we're at. First quarter, uh, March 31st, 2017. At the end of that quarter, let's look at where we're at. Well, let me say it this way. So in order to reach that, we broke it down into quarterly goals, okay? So quarterly goals help you get to your annual goals. And so 100, uh, we need to be at 100 by March 31st with unique salvations to be tracking towards 400 by the end of the year. So we took a big goal, we broke it down into smaller bite-sized pieces that we could measure so we could track where we're going, but then also where do we need to spend our time? Because we may be ahead in one uh, particular portion of the quadrant, behind in the other. And so this kind of gives us measurables along the way. And then connect to family, we need to be right at 100. Connect to purpose, we need to be at 100. Connect to community, we need to be at 100. So now let's look at where we're actually at after the first quarter of 2017. Folks, Linked Up Church has brought 94 people to Christ. Come on, you all can do better than that. That's, that's, that's 94 souls snatched out of hell translated into the kingdom of life. Come on, let's give God glory for that. 94 souls. But you must remember the goal was 100. So we came up a little short by six people, but we're right there. Connected family. We're already surpassed our third quarter goal, 
with Connected Family. So we've had 309 people either join or lead a small group in 2017. Come on, folks. We're tracking right in, in the right direction. Connect to purpose. You'll see we're 42 people ahead who've either taken step three of our next step class system, financial peace, etc. So we're tracking ahead there. But look at where we're lagging. <laughs> Somebody said, mm-hmm. So once again, it just kind of shows you the challenge. See, people like going to church, but we've got to go from going to church to being the church. So let that inspire us because notice where we're lagging behind is getting our members serving. So we have them attending. We don't have them serving. And so we're going to give you great opportunities to do that throughout the course of the year. So trust me, by the end of the year, we'll have 400. And I want you to know I said that by faith. But by the end of the year, we will have 400 people uh, infused into our dream team. Okay? So that's where we're at. So we're tracking actually pretty good for the year. So now we've got to think about, okay, now God has brought us to this place. And so we're at a place now where we own a building, right? And we're going through all of the iterations. And, and so what we want to do now is take you on the next phase of our journey uh, of how we've got to this point and now where we're going. So if you all would, just follow along with the remaining portion of this video. You want me to go over that as well? Now we're at our permanent destination. This journey started about three and a half years ago. We set our faith. Uh, we started with, with not a penny. We set our faith from day one uh, to believe God for the resources to purchase our first building cash. And boy, did God deliver. Yes, uh, he, yes, yes. he has come in above and beyond what we could ever imagine or dream. He's uh, really exceeded our expectations. So now that we have it, what did we put in it? We've designed this building for the people because we couldn't do it without them. So when I think about what's in it, everything that we do in our program on Sunday, we took into consideration how the people who do it would do it best and feel good about the areas that they do it in. So we created space that we believe will speak to family, uh, connectivity, life, uh, just doing life together. And I think every person will be so blessed by every room that they serve in. We designed the facility with the space that we have to meet the four points of our vision, connecting to people to God. We on purpose made our sanctuary so that it's visibly pleasing, but also aesthetically very inviting. So we have the big screen in the back so that we can make different images as it pertains to the different messages that may be taught so we can engage visual 
uh, participation. Then from there, not only just connecting people to God in the main sanctuary, but I'm excited about the children's church in the nursery area, especially the nursery area, the little link land, because they're, they're gonna have their own little bitty bathrooms with the little bitty toilets, and they have their own little bunk beds, cri uh, cribs that's going to be in it, and it's just gonna be so much bigger and so much fun and so, so colorful, but yet very uh, inviting to the children, where our heart is that the babies and the children won't want to leave. And if they have to leave, they're going to be quite upset. Kids should be excited about coming to learn more about Jesus. The youth area, they will have their own staging area. They'll have their own area for fun and connectivity and socialization. They need some personal interaction so they can get away from those screens. Yeah, so a place that they can call their own and really get engaged in the things of God and also with learning more about, uh, about who they are and uh, their place in society today as young Christians. And then we have a place for connecting people to family, the cafe and the, and the uh, social area. And we on purpose, yeah, the fellowship hall, we on purpose have areas throughout the lobby. We have a big, big lobby we're making plans for that's connected to the cafe area. The cafe area will be a resource center for our small groups. They'll be able to perhaps check out information for their to facilitate their small groups. But we have on purpose pods whereby people can fellowship and have a good time and talk to each other because we know that's what people love to do and further connect with family, church family. And then number three, connecting people to purpose. We have five or six classrooms in the back. Five classrooms, five classrooms in the back that are large enough to actually be in plan is right now to make them technologically savvy enough so that we can really be able to effectively teach and get across information. Uh, they could use those classrooms for small group meetings, but just connecting people to purpose, which is a very big thrust in who we are, because we want people to walk in the fullness of what they're called to do on the earth. And then last, connecting people to community or the dream team area. We have a dream team station that will have their own little kitchenette. Don't tell them too much about Dream Team Central. That's a place where they will be their own. Talk a yeah. bit more about that. Uh, talk or not talk. Okay. Talk or not talk. But the Dream Team Central area, they'll have their own locker Don't tell them too much. Don't tell them too much. Don't tell them too much. But it'll be nice. It's going to be nice. And you're going to like it. We want them to go home. So yeah, we want them to go much. home. We don't want Dream yeah. Team We don't want y'all asking us for cots home. to stay there. But it's going to be nice. It's going to be a nice We've area. We thought about you, Dream. Yes, because we appreciate you. Couldn't be who we are without you. We believe this is just a replica, the beginning of what will be. So we just want to give you all a glimpse of what's to come. Because if this is the first building, can you imagine as we continue to develop and grow and fulfill what God's called us to do, what the future looks like? Welcome home, Licked Up Church. Come on, let's stand on our feet and give God glory in this place. Come on, let's stand on our feet. Let's just give God glory for what He has done. God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Because you are good. 
you are greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. 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 Is God good or what? Wow. Oh, oh we're going to do it right. I told you, we're going to do it right. So where are we at? That's just one perspective. All right. And so we, we have now drawings and uh, kind of gone through that process. And so what are we going to do from here? Uh, you know, due diligence always tells you to at least get three other opinions. And so we're going to take this perspective and just cost compare as well as design compare. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to get at least three more estimates, quotes, on what it would take to create this space within that building. And once we've done what we consider our due diligence period, we've looked at least four different options on best way to create this space, then we're going to make a final decision. At that point, we'll come back and show you all what that final decision is and present an opportunity for how you all can help us get in it faster. But I want to stay with the theme of everything that we've been doing. There will be no pressure. The only thing we're presenting is an opportunity. I want you to listen to me very carefully. We managed your resources properly to purchase the building. We can continue to manage the resources properly to finish the building. That would just take longer. So I don't know if you're like me. I don't want to own it and not get in it. So what we want to do is just present an opportunity for anyone that's able to help us get there faster. But there is absolutely no pressure. Just keep doing what you've been doing. And those that haven't been doing anything, do something. And we'll head on down the road. Now now listen very carefully. We've done all of this with about 10% commitment from our people. About 10%. So I actually, we we would just be doing it if the whole 100% was committed. So actually kind of the same thing you see reflected with Dream Team, you see it reflected in other areas as well. When it comes to commitment, we got to get a bigger, bigger buy-in. We have it where attendance is concerned. We've got to get it where commitment is concerned. Okay? You all excited about where we're going? Is God good? Has he been good to us? Has he been good to you? Come on, give him your best praise today. Just take a few moments. Give God your best praise. God, you are God. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that's in it. There's nothing too difficult for you. So certainly you didn't bring us to the promised land for us not to enter into the promised land. And so, Father, we thank you that every resource that we need to finish it manifests now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now, what can you do? What can you do to help us? Number one, you can actively start trying to win souls for Christ. We've got a wonderful opportunity for you to do that coming on Resurrection Sunday. We've got some invite cards. Take that invite card. Bring someone that you know 
does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. If you can't win them first, then bring them on Resurrection Sunday because we're going fishing on that Sunday. But then also just develop a consistent heart of being sensitive to this lost world that's around you. And if nothing else, you can pray for them. And then as God leads you to try to reach them, try to do that, okay? What else can you do? We're connecting people to family. That's our culture here. So if you're not a part of a small group, then think about doing life with other people. Don't think about work. Just think about building new relationships with, with other people. That's all we're talking about here, living connected, okay? It's a big part of our thrust, okay? What else can you do? Where are you at on your spiritual journey? Have you taken your next step? See, are, did you come down and get saved and that's all you've done? Did you get in the class system? Did you take your next step? Are you a member of the church? Have you figured out what that process looks like? Have you taken step three? Right. Figure out where you're at on your spiritual journey and start moving, okay? That's what you can do to help us. And then obviously, uh, community, you know, we want to add at least 20 more people to each dream team by the end of the year. It's not a lofty goal. 20 people to each dream team is very doable for a church this size. And so action steps, adding new people serving, five new people every week, two to three people per team, uh, more per service. We're asking people to commit to at least one service or three hours a month. Is that a lot? Not at all, right? One service or three hours per month. Add new dream teams. We need an administrative team. We need greeters. We need prayer team. We need an excellence team. I mean, you don't go into a building like that and not take care of it with excellence. We want it to look like new construction every time we go in it. We'll need an excellence team to help us do that. And then, folks, prison ministry. As much as you've done it to the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. Well, well, when did we do that? See, when you visit someone in prison, you've done that for Jesus. When you feed homeless and you help people, you've done that for Jesus. That's got to be a big part of who we are, okay? And so all of this will go on our website. It'll go, not on our website, but it'll go in your, um, your, your uh, we can put that on the U version for today. So you can help us uh, take the action necessary to reach the goals that God's called us to reach at Linked Up Church. So if you would, just look up here at me for a moment. This should inspire everyone in this building. I don't know, again, where you're at, but this shows you God can take you from where you're at right now, which we started at zero And he can do all of that in just three years with a committed heart. And so I'd be sitting out there, man, if God did that for them, I know he can do that for me and my family as well. Right? So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to extend an invitation to you to help us grow those unique salvations today. We want you to know that God loves you. We love you. If you were the only person in the earth, he still would have sent his son to die just for you. And so if you want to receive him today, we want to lead you in that process. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I got away from God. See, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And that's a result of something in our thinking got off. We started listening to the wrong people, hanging out with the wrong people. And so if you've gotten away from God you want to come back to him today, I want to pray with him for you. And then thirdly, if you've never been baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, you want to desire or you desire that gift today, you want to learn more about that today.